0: Hi there, welcome back to the Out of the Cave podcast with Lisa Schlossberg. I'm your host, Lisa Schlossberg, a licensed social worker, certified health coach, personal trainer, and yoga instructor. If you, like I have, struggle with your relationship with food, eating, and body image, I am here with this podcast to guide you into healing the relationship you have with yourself through a trauma-informed, holistic, and mind-body-soul approach. Together, we can support you in building a lifestyle of more peace, freedom, safety, and power. Okay we are back we are back with the out of the cave podcast hello everyone thank you for being here as usual i'm psyched for this interview today because wow it has been i think a very long time coming that we are actually connected and doing this in real time together so first more thank you so much for being here i'm so appreciative of your time we are connecting from israel to san diego right now um and I will just very briefly, I'll intro you myself and then I'll have you intro yourself. That is Mordecai is someone that I met years ago. How many years ago was it? Maybe like five or six or something like, like, okay. So it's been years and Mordecai is someone that I met through John Gabriel at the Gabriel Method retreat at Omega. Um, If you've listened to this podcast, you have heard of that Um, and we were both being presented to the community and to each other as quote unquote success stories. Like we had both lost a lot of weight and had been maintaining it, uh, still are. And then I think both of us got really interested in just health and healing from that point through our own journeys. So Mordahai, if you listen to- um. If any of you listening to this podcast have listened to the podcast that I did with Morad, it's a similar kind of vibe, like someone that I know through the Gabriel Method who also has lost a lot of weight and has learned a lot along the way. Um, And so that's why I'm excited to to share this story and to share this person and resource with all of you. So Mordehai, that is the introduction that I have for you, but I want to hand it over and have you say hello and introduce yourself. Who are you? What are you? <laughs> Where are you? What do you want the people to know about you before we dive in?
1: Yeah, so, so great. It's wonderful to be here with you. Um, thanks for the opportunity. It's interesting that you mentioned how we met because we were, we were two people who had success stories at the Omega Institute at a, at a John Gabriel event. I think it was 2018, maybe 2019, 18. And I don't know about you, but when I got on stage, we had a lot. We have few, we were both on stage multiple times that weekend. And one of the times I got on stage to speak and share my story and the Gale is we both know it's phenomenal and it's changed my life. I know it's had a major impact on yours as well. John's just an incredible man and his work is awesome. But, you know, during that weekend I was really struggling, I was you know, you're, ta- you're speaking from 100 plus people and talking about how you, you're, you're this quote-unquote success story, and I want to share this just because I'm sure whoever's listening is like, oh, well, you know, Lisa's successful at her weight, more successful at his weight. But the truth is, I was really strong that weekend, so much so that after I spoke on stage, I ate so much unhealthy food. I went to the cafe in Omega Institute, that is cafe with those mo- the most amazing looking pastries. And um, and at the whole weekend I was like eyeing them and I'm like, ah, I can't I'm not eating any pastries. I, I, first of all, I rarely will eat pastries, but this weekend, I don't know what it was about the weekend, maybe because we were talking about the topic of weight and weight loss and all that and health. But I was looking at these pastries and I was really wanting to eat them all. And as the, as the days went on, every time I went to the cafe to get some water, get a healthy snack, I started negotiating with myself. And as soon as I got off that stage and giving my talk, not long after that, I was at the place eating my first pastry and there was cane sugar in the pastry and I'm somebody who doesn't eat a lot of sugar or refined sugars, so it really affected me where I completely like just had another pastry and another pastry and another pastry and another pastry. And I, remember, I remember leaving the retreat that day or the day after, or the day afterwards, I think. And I remember just like leaving with a chocolate chip pastry <laughs> in a bag into yeah. the car that I was going. And it was, I felt like a complete failure, you know, yeah, I lost, you know, I lost over a hundred pounds and the story is great. And I feel very proud of myself, but like, it's kind of funny how that happens where you're there to give a talk about your success around weight and meanwhile, you know, you're struggling. So, and that goes to say like, the, you know, the reason I wanted to share that story is because it's like, you know, the, 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 it, it gets, the struggle doesn't, I don't think, I don't know if it ever goes away, you get easier, you get better managing it. Yes. And that's you know, so it's like, it's never, you know, it was like, when I lose the weight, I gain it back. You just, you learn how to manage it in a way. And the better you get at managing it, the more tools that you have to manage it. That's what I've found has helped me the most. Yes, dude.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think this is like exactly where we need to go with this because I, I mean, again, anyone who's like familiar with me or this podcast knows that it's not about the food. It's not about the weight. It's about like how you're being a human and like really dealing with the struggles that come up along the way. So I think for two people who have lost over a hundred pounds and have maintained that weight loss, the most of service that we can be to people is to keep it real and talk about what happens because it's not as though you live happily ever after. And you're a walking after picture for the rest of your life. It means that it's exactly things like this. It's exactly that story. And I think that's uh, again, the most supportive thing that we can do. And I think Morad also was sharing similar things where he was saying like, you know, you learn a lot from the actual weight loss, but then you still have to eat food every day. You still have to live in a human body every day. Like these things don't go anywhere. So and it's funny you mentioned that, too, because I remember <laughs> I had a very similar thing when I was at the Gabriel Method Retreat, and the pastries <laughs> at the cafe are so good. And there was one time that I remember walking to the cafe with an awareness that I was emotionally eating. Like I was walking in and I was like, I am choosing in this moment to eat my feelings because the thing at Omega, too, and I've had this experience because I've been there a couple times is, we were there for a full week and that can be a really just emotional, uh, energetic overload kind of week, especially when you're the one speaking on stage and sharing your story and supporting other people. And so I've certainly been at the Omega retreat week, um, like eating my feelings and, and being very aware that that's what was happening because that's how I needed to cope at the time so I see you and I can really relate to all of that so okay before I kind of here's what I want to do here's what's going through my head right now is I want to hear a little bit about your journey leading up to your weight loss what your weight loss actually looked like because I think that's just helpful context for people to have and then we'll talk about kind of what has happened since how does that sound to you
1: yeah it sounds great Okay, Sounds so great. tell me
0: a little bit, like in brief, what was your relationship with food and your body like before your weight loss, and how long of a period of time was that for you?
1: Yeah, I love to eat. You know, I've always loved to eat ever since I can remember. Um, you know, early on, you know, growing up, I would do a lot of baking. Uh, my mom was a great baker and we would bake together and we would bake chocolate cakes and chocolate chip cookies and, you know, a lot of ice cream. And we used to eat all these different processed foods and they were delicious. We loved, I mean, as a kid, I loved all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what came first, the craving or the actual habit, but I just loved, I just loved this kinds of food. And, I, you know, I was always a big kid. So like it, it was perfect for my, it was just perfect for me. And it was, a, it was a perfect system. And then, you know, obviously everyone has emotions and everyone feels, and I feel like a very sensitive person. So, you know, not knowing that as a kid, obviously, but I would just eat a lot, I would use food. I would use food basically when I felt something to, to make myself feel good. It's the easiest hack. I mean, it's quite genius the way humans are wired. It's like everything, you feel something, you could eat something. It's amazing how that like pacifiers any sensation that's uncomfortable to feel. And obviously when you're not aware of what's going on, what, what we're all doing is we're just, you know, feeling something that we don't want to feel or feeling something that's hard for us to feel. And it can even be like a positive emotion. It could be like joy. It could be a celebration. You're just so happy that you're, you're eating because happiness th- doesn't feel natural to you or joy doesn't feel so natural or, ha- or safe to feel. So you, you eat to, 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 to calm down a bit and just to kind of like balance it out. Because when you feel full, you're not, feeling the emotion you're feeling your full belly usually mm-hmm. and so like this pattern played out for most of my life and i was you know as, as a kid i was overweight maybe 50 75 pounds and as i grew up you know it was 100 pounds 100 130 140 i don't even i don't i don't remember i know i got to like 330 at one point but um in my mid-20s yeah it's just been like, a complete roller coaster and i lost lots of weight many times on extreme diets and have gained it back you know atkins Paleo, Weight Watchers. As a kid, I would wear Weight Watchers. My mom, you know, all the, all the things. Went to, we, we, I tried all the things, and none of them actually really worked um, long term. Actually, until I read the Gabriel method. Shout out to John Gabriel. You know that that book really had a big impact in my life, and, and really helped me understand. You know, the first I think in the book he talks about this idea: of just let yourself eat whatever you want. And I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, you telling me this is a plan to lose weight? <laughs> eat whatever you want. You don't need to say that twice, and um, but it worked. I mean, I, I lost probably a hundred pounds very slowly, but through visualizations and changing my mindset. And you know, the thing that I think I developed later on was the the the, the understanding of emotional, uh, the understanding of my emotions. You know, I think after I lost the weight and started dealing with this yo-yo cycle of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, that's when I started realizing that oh i see what's happening here it's like now i've lost you know 100 or 130 i think of the was the was the most that i lost i saw clearly the cycle of when i felt a feeling that i didn't like to feel or really comfortable feeling i would eat and i if when you put on five or ten pounds when you're very careful about how much you lost you it's very obvious to you and the problem becomes very clear because when you're very overweight or you're a lot of a lot of pounds you don't see when you had a, 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 you know, you had a a, a episode or or you binged or something, and then you don't see the one or two or three pounds, but when you're very careful, you see the, you see it and you feel, and you don't feel good and you notice it. So that really forced me into like really starting to deal with some of the emotions, um, some of the understanding of how to feel emotions and how to let emotions pass through your body. And, you know, breathing through the difficult emotions and not eating through the difficult emotions. And trust me, I eat difficult emotions still today, but I'm much more aware of, A, what I'm eating. And this was a, just a tip that I, I picked along the way, It's like, if you're going to, you know, binge, binge on like blueberries or almonds or something, that's not like a healthy food. You know, that's something, that I, that's something that I learned how to do earlier on, I was like, one step one. It's like, oh, you're aware of what you're going to do, now. You're aware of the behavior. Instead of trying to, I think James Clear talks about this in his book, Atomic Habits, it's like, try to change, like swap it out. So if you're binging on chocolate cake, swap it out for almonds. It's gonna have the same sensation of numbing in your body, but you won't have to, you're not eating cake where there's a sugar, refined sugar, which then takes away your self-control for multiple days at a time. And makes it harder to control yourself after the sugar, because then you want something else. You want something else. If you eat a bag of almonds, maybe thousands of calories even. And even if you want to sweeten them with some blueberries, that, that was my go-to for many years. And I, now I don't actually have them at all. Um, rarely, it's the almonds, but you're going to have the same. Sen- you ha- you'll have the same numbing sensation that you would have otherwise of the feeling. So. And you won't deal with the cravings and the, and even I'm sure our bodies all respond differently, but my body responded great. There wasn't a next morning, I didn't feel disgusting. I felt maybe still full, but not disgusting. Like I have all the chemicals in my body from refined products, you know, and processed products.
0: Yeah. Wow. I really hear you. And I'm relating to you so much, not just because our, you know, our, our childhoods are so similar around food and weight and our weight loss is fairly similar, but I think everything that you're talking about in terms of what happened next, which is, I always say like, that's where it got interesting for me. That was like the plot twist. I thought I was still so like, uh, infiltrated. I use the word infiltrated with diet culture, That I thought I was going to like lose the weight and just be like done and like fixed and happily ever after. And I like that was it. That was my ticket to get out. And I learned that there is no getting out of my body and my life and being a human here. And what that meant for me, similarly, was I had to learn how to actually feel my feelings. So it was a very similar experience in that the weight came off. And then I was confronted by the fact that I was eating and for me, dieting from a place of not feeling safe to feel what I was actually feeling. So, um, I want to, I want to come back to that. Cause I think that's everything that we're here for. Uh, but I also think that everything you're saying right now about like almonds and blueberries, first of all, sounds amazing. I'm obsessed with blueberries. Um, but I think that's another really helpful, just like quote unquote tip, as you say, for anyone who's listening to this, I think there is a lot of Value to doing exactly what you're saying, that is swap it out. Because I don't even know that that's something I had like words for or something I was conscious of that I was already doing, but that's something that I've definitely practiced. That is having an awareness that there are times that I want to emotionally eat, but being mindful about what I'm actually choosing to eat. And I think everything that you're saying makes a lot of sense. That is the same sensation happens in your body where. If you want to numb that feeling, you can still get that effect and have that emotional eating kind of check the box without having all of the, you know, sugar and chemicals and all the things. And it's not about the calories in calories out equation. It's about how you're going to wake up and feel the next morning, just living in a human body and the effects that food is going to have. So I just want to highlight that because I think that's important and very helpful and something that I absolutely do myself, but I don't think I ever consciously thought very much about that um so tell me a little bit about when you say you had to learn how to actually feel the feelings what was that like for you
1: yeah it was totally it totally sucked um <laughs> it's not fun to feel uncomfortable feelings um i think i you know i was part of a men's group for like five year four or five years ish, or something maybe um and in the men's group, we did a lot of somatic healing, where we would basically, you know, you know, ask guys in the group would ask questions to other men. It was co-facilitated to take them into a deeper somatic experience, um, and it was very powerful for, for 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 many years. It was through this organization called Every Man, and um, that really helped me develop the the muscles around feeling emotions. I'm processing emotions. I
0: have a follow-up question Uh, before you say anything else. Yeah. Well, what I'm curious about is the experience I've had, and I know a lot of people that I've worked with and are listening to this have had, is when you first start somatic work, especially if you've been using food to like numb and dissociate for most of your life, it can feel really elusive. Like someone can say something like, you know, I've shared on this podcast before that my somatic therapist would say, where do you feel that in your body? And I'd be like, I don't fucking know. Like, I like, did you have the experience of really struggling to identify where what feelings even felt like? Was there a period of time where you were feeling yourself being like less numb, but still not really sure what it felt like to be in your body?
1: Yeah, um, I think where where I think where it is on your body w- helped me locate it. I think that's when I started noticing in my body, like where where is it on your body? What sensation is it? What color is it? What does it look like? Describe it. Feel it. Let it expand. Like all of that is really somatic, so, somatically helpful to release the feeling because we all like what what are feelings, right? Feelings are just energy and the energy on our bodies right because everything that we experience in life also we also experience it not only mentally and intellectually but also physically um and uh and so 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 when we experience the emotion physically a lot of times what we're doing with food is when we feel an uncomfortable feeling let's say i feel sadness i don't want to feel sad who wants to feel sad so and the easy thing to do in this situation is to just eat a bag you know for me eat a bag of almonds and blueberries i don't feel sad after almonds and blueberries the sadness just goes away but what am i doing essentially physically i'm kind of numbing and and kind of suppressing that sadness so now what happens to the sadness the energy it gets stuck now it's stuck on my body somewhere unlocatable okay i can't locate it now with a full belly of almonds that's for sure and i'm not locating it tomorrow because tomorrow new emotions coming up so now these all not so these basically there's these like stuck emotions all over our bodies and really what the emotion just wants to do is to move through us emotion just wants to pass right through and there's a lot of ways that emotion can pass right through and i don't think we're taught this and there's no like in school you don't really learn this i haven't learned this you know in school or you learn it but it's something that's so important they should definitely teach it in schools if anybody's listening who owns a school runs a school or you're a teacher <laughs> Start teaching this stuff because this will help people more than anything else more than history or math amen um but like you're 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 essentially you're essentially when you let the emotion be felt it's like validation if you told some if you if you shared something with someone that you're really close with and you said hey I, you know i had a rough day and they're like i just bought a new pair of pants and you're just like oh my god i just had a rough day and i saw a cat on the road and it got ran over by a car and you're like sharing a really terrible story. And then you're like, for someone says, I bought a pair of pants. And then you're, 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 it's like, they're not validating your emotion. Now we can validate our own emotions and God forbid anyone I should run over a cat. So any cat listeners, this is an example. I hope you don't, I hope I'm not offending, I hope I'm not offending you, <laughs> um, <laughs> but my point is that like the the emotion is want to be felt. So it's like, how do you move the energy through without getting stuck, right? So, really, the way to do that is by identifying the emotion and validating it for yourself. And this is where like now I'm now I'm working with IFS. Um, yes. So Dick Schwartz has this model IFS is working on for years, and recently in, in the recent three or four years, I think it's blown up drastically. Yeah. Yep. Um. And I've been working with this model and it's really powerful to identify emotions and just validate them for yourself. You know, he has a whole, his model goes way deeper, obviously, but like on the basic level, what we're trying to do is we're trying to understand, we're trying to not understand, we're trying to feel, allow the feeling to be felt. So even just, you know, just, just closing your eyes for a second. And like, you know, if you're feeling a feeling right now, I can even just, I can even demonstrate something that you can do to just like, understand but it's, it's a just simple process of like closing your eyes taking you know one or two deep breaths in and out and just asking yourself like what do i feel right now what feeling is most present for me and slow down like even notice how i'm slowing down and taking and breathing deeply will help that mm-hmm. and as you slow down you ask yourself what emotion am i feeling and you locate on your body so if you close your eyes and you say what emotion is most present for me I will say excitement and contentment. Both of those emotions feel very present. And I can notice it, like I can notice excitement on the right side of my gut. I can feel that. And then I can ask myself, what color is the excitement? And it's like orange. And it's like kind of like the orange, is kind of like, like, like flowy water. It's like, and it's going upwards. And I can see the edges of it are very like ovally and round and it's kind of like splashy. And I can just be like, wow. And I can, then I can say to myself, okay, make it bigger. Cause if you want it, you, so basically when you feel the emotion, you want to expand it so you can actually make sure it all moves through you So saying, like, all right, the orange is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and bigger. my whole body with orange and I'm, my, wow, my arms, my leg, my stomach, my chest, everything is orange, orange, and I see it and you just breathe through it. Sometimes you need to scream, sometimes you need to cry. Sometimes you may need to hit a pillow, um, or, or you take a shoe and, and like hit the shoe on the floor. Not you don't want to hit anybody. Just like you know, a lot of times using a pillow or a mattress can be helpful. But then, especially when it's anger or rage or anything like that, like using your, using your, for me, everyone's different the way of processing emotions. Sometimes for me, just yelling into a pillow is really helpful. With good emotions, so I like to handle. I love the feeling of excitement and joy and celebration and contentment. So like I'm, I'm as you as you process the emotions, you can you develop the. the the tools and the set to actually handle the emotions, the framework, so the emotions don't get hard to manage. The, the compartments in your, in the drawers in your body can handle those emotions and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to work so hard to move through them. But yeah, it's that, that process, just running through that process. So I know, so, so people, if someone said to me, do this when I'm about to eat a cookie, I would say, not a chance. I'm okay. eating the cookie. Okay. Like you're, it's so quick to eat the cookie and the cookie, the metaphor could fill in the blank. But like, it's so so much easier. If you're feeling the impulse, there's very little space between the cookie and you, the cookie and your mouth. And here's where I say is that like, I think it's okay to eat the cookie. Actually, I would go so far as to say, I would like you to eat the cookie in the beginning because what, what happens is you identify that you, you if you even have the awareness that you should do this process this one minute process and you don't you already won yes you eat the damn cookie next time try to take a deep breath before you eat the cookie yeah next time after that maybe do it four or five times and next time after that hopefully you have the the bandwidth to close your eyes and locate the emotion and it may take you 10 or 20 times to do it or you may do it on the first or second time too but just giving yourself permission that it's not like I always say to my, I, one of the tricks, one of the old tricks in the book that I used on myself was all this time I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this thing I said I'm going to do. And then if I do it and I still want the cookie, eat the cookie with love. Yes. You earned it. Yeah. Locate the emotion, <laughs> make it bigger, process it, and then sit down and eat the cookie. <laughs> And eventually, because what happens is if you say, I'm doing yep. this thing to take away the cookie, then you're not motivated to do the thing anymore. Yep. And you have to be motivated to do the thing. So if, the, if, the, if, 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 if I say I'm taking away this quote unquote cookie from you, then you're not going to um, be motivated to do the work. So I think it's a, it's a great trick. It's kind of like the John Gabriel thing where he's like, eat whatever you want to eat. And then because what you eat, when you eat whatever you want to eat, you realize you don't really want to eat it. But when you tell yourself, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, I was probably like 25 or 26 when I, when I read that. And I remember thinking to myself, like, no one's ever told me to eat whatever I want to eat. And this was so much fun. And then after a day or two or three or whatever it was, I was like, oh my God, this is, is, I feel disgusting. I don't even want (laughs) to eat. That's the whole point. You get yourself to want, you need to get yourself to want to do the things you want. Yep. If you're always dragging yourself to do it to the gym, if you're always dragging you. Like, that's why... Go to a workout class or go do walking or go whatever it is that you want. If you're gardening, do something that you love that's physical. Don't do things you don't love to do. If you don't love to do them, you're not going to do that.
0: I'm I'm speechless because you're saying all the things. <laughs> it's like literally everything. And I I hear you. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for sharing all that. And thank you for walking us through the process. It's like it's. It's just so cool to me that we have arrived in in this place where we are really teaching the same thing and doing the same work and it's not a surprise it's not a mystery it's like this is what's underneath when we're not using food and eating to cope well this is this is what it requires yes there are like mental you know tools and tricks but actually sitting with and embodying the emotional experience of authenticity, whatever is true right now, this is, this is it. Like, this is literally everything. So I just, I'm over here, just like giddy that you said all of that, because it's so, to me, everything that everyone needs to be practicing. So when you say it's like, teach it in schools, it's like, this is, this is the work. This is the work. And when it comes to, you know, I always say like, when it comes to like weight maintenance, it's not about just the food and exercise and all of it. It's like, this is it. This is the deeper work that has to happen. And again, it's just like no surprise that we are having these conversations about somatic healing and IFS and letting the feelings move through your body because emotions are energy and that's everything they need. So seriously, I just, I I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, One follow-up question I have for you is, if you have any advice or guidance in this area and maybe you don't and there's no need for it, but I'm curious if, you know, when you, when you slow down and take a few breaths and get curious about like, what am I feeling? I have no doubt that there are people who are listening to this who would say, I don't know. Or, you know, when we think about what is present, what do you feel in your body? And it's just kind of like a blank stare like i don't know people who are feeling still really numb and dissociated to their physical self or even their emotional self and just don't know how to answer that is there something that's been helpful for you in your experience in your practice that kind of bridges that gap or or did you ever have that experience yourself cuz i certainly have
1: yeah you know there's uh something called the emotional wheel and the feelings you know, people- wheel
0: it's yeah, everything to me. Really
1: yeah. Just Google that. <laughs> and I would print it out. I used to have it on my phone and like I print it printed out. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, that, that was definitely one thing I was really, that was, I found truly really helpful. Same. Um, yeah. And like, it takes time. It's like anything else. It's like it, you know, it's like, it takes time. You gotta get in the reps, you yep. know, it's a, it's, yep. a, it's a long journey and you know what? Like there's nothing wrong with losing the weight first. And then learning how to maintain it after the maintenance and weight loss are two separate things. It takes a different skill set. When you're losing weight, everyone's telling you how awesome you look. Everyone's saying congratulations. You feel like a million dollars. You're walking around buying new clothing. Everything's too big on you. You feel great. So you get a lot of positive reinforcement all the time. Then all of a sudden, dun 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 dun, dun yeah. music stops, <laughs> and it's you and yourself, and you have to figure out a new method to, to keep going. And that's when the real, real work begins.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I've lost a hundred pounds a bunch of times, I think like three times, right. close to a hundred pounds. And then the last time when I lost 130, it was all through um, the stuff that we're talking about and still, you know, have gone through periods where I can gain five, 10 pounds. And then, you know, slip up and put it back on, you know, it goes, it, it fluctuates. And if I'm not careful, if I'm not doing the work, it's, it's, you know, I can, I can easily slip. So it's like, you know, it's a constant, it's a constant. It's like, it's like, as soon as you stop working, you stop getting a check. Right. So you stop paying attention to your weight. If weight is something that you grapple with. It's pounds start coming back on. It's that simple. It's like, you gotta, you gotta keep a, and you gotta figure out new strategies and thing that really helps me is accountability. Having accountability, figuring out what works for you, what holds you accountable, and and doing that, and and not letting it be a you against you, because when it's you against you, when it's me against me, it, my own head will will work its way out to eat a pie pizza. My own head will figure out a logical way why it's okay right now to go buy a pizza. Right. Not right now. Not in the second in this moment, but like my my brain has done that before. I was like, oh my, how did I even end up here? Yeah. I like I broke so many of my commitments to get into this to get this pizza. Like what. How that and backtracking your my thoughts? Well, you have this loophole and that loophole and this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. And it's like yep. so it's really good to have like a support system and accountability group or something or another, another person that's on the journey as well to hold each other accountable to whatever agreements you make with yourself and with each other.
0: I love that. And it's it's funny that you say that because while you're sharing all of this, what I what's going through my head is like you really have to be on your own team. Like it's gotta be you and you. On, the own, on your own team. And yes, it will get comfortable and are uncomfortable. And yes, you're going to do things that you don't necessarily feel like doing. Like, right, when you're, it's like, what was it like for you to feel the things? And it's like, it sucks. But like, it's like, you're doing the work for yourself, for your own benefit. And I think that that's the thing that I see as the common thread through anyone who's really successful with anything. It's like, yes, you're going to get uncomfortable and you're going to do the things that you don't feel like doing. But you know, there's a clarity that you're doing it for yourself, for your own sake, and for your own well-being, um,
1: and and it's yep. an opportunity to learn to learn new things about yourself. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, the couple of things I've been learning recently, which have been really impactful, is like one is like find things that instead of punishing yourself into doing things or using like you know the whip to get yourself to go to the gym, figure out what you figure out like what's motivating you. You know, um, you know. It's like who, like what, 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 excites you, and like leaning into like the reward instead of the punishment. Instead of leading with a stick, lead with the reward and figure out how to do that. Yeah, yeah, so important. Another thing that's, com- another, another thing that's coming up is like the ability to sit with like you know. My brother was um, said something to me the other day. He was here in Israel. Um, my my brother and father came for a visit, and I, and we were, I went for a shawarma. And if you had shawarma here um yeah. in israel or other places i'm sure too as well but they're just delicious and after eating like you know i had it i had shawarma, and it's very fatty and like you know it's, it's protein, so I, and i'm okay with it on the occasion and i had vegetables in the sides and i ate this whole plate i didn't eat the bread but i had the whole the whole plate and then after like i saw my brother i'm like oh, wow i really want another one or, or i think it was a shawarma and he said to me in this shawarma or something else we we're eating but he said to me he's like it's because, but you feel, like feel the want and notice that it's just a thought, it's just a feeling. And like, and like being, feel, being building the, the bandwidth to feel desire for yes. a thing like that and not having to give into it. Yes. And recognizing that it will, it will move through you. And it was really cool to think, like I, I think about that, um, I think about that um, quite a bit, just like, wow you can actually feel the thing and then not do the thing. And we do it all the time in other areas of our life, but it's with food for some reason. And one trick I have up my sleeve with that is like, I love like seltzer, um, especially with fresh lemon and ice. It's like, I love it. And it's like, it's like for me after I eat, if I'm feeling the craving to have more food, often a fresh seltzer and lemon really just like, it's like a sweet, it's nice, refreshing.
0: Yeah. I love that. All of this is so, again, like on point with everything that I feel like I teach because this is where this also connects to what you were saying earlier about you can go through like one loophole after another to get to a point where you're like totally quote unquote justifying eating like an entire pie of pizza. And it reminds me of what I would call in myself, like the addict brain that is like you can find a million reasons to be like, It's not that bad, or it's not that big a deal, or like whatever. And then you find yourself doing a thing that you really didn't want to do. And the same is true here, where it comes to cravings and urges and temptations, where it's like we can practice the same riding that wave of, and this is exactly what I was just saying to a client recently, where it's like if you have a craving for something, that's okay. You don't need to judge it or fear it, but you also don't need to immediately give into it. It's just like any other feeling. And you can feel it move through your body. You can sit with it. You can validate it. You can be present with it. But this is something that kept coming up in the last cohort of my group where we were saying things like, you don't drink everything you want to drink. You don't say everything you want to say. You don't do everything you want to do. And so it's okay to not eat everything you feel like eating, like in the moment, and to just let that ride, let that feeling ride. So, exactly like your brother said, it's like, it's a thought, it's a desire, it's a feeling. And we don't have to be impulsively act compulsively acting on it. But I think that's where um, things get conflated. And this is I'm also curious to hear, you know, any if this has been part of your experience at all, this is where I think messages like this can get really conflated with diet culture and like not allowing yourself to have something or banning it or restricting it. There's a very big difference between, again, restriction from a diet mentality and practicing not giving into all of your urges all the time like those are two very different things um so i'm curious if there's been in your experience because also what you're saying and i want to also highlight this because it's another thing that comes up in my teaching all the time when i'm working with people is it is so important for your brain to know that you have all the permission in the world eat all the food, eat everything you want. This is not about a lack of permission and you're not controlling it from that place so your brain knows you're safe, et cetera, et cetera. So you've already mentioned that. But in your experience, how do you align with yourself with a clear understanding that this is not a diet and this is not restriction? What you're doing is practicing being empowered around the choices you're making around food. Does that make sense? Like, how does your brain know that you're not on a diet when you're practicing things like discipline and willpower around food?
1: How are you not restricting yourself? Yeah. If you think about what you're getting, it's like there's a tipping point, right? So in the beginning, you are kind of restricting yourself. Any diet, I mean, even like you're you are restricting yourself in some way. You're saying. I'm not gonna eat the ice cream. I'm gonna eat the fill in the blank, right? Maybe the frozen fruit, whatever. Um, You know, you're always, there is a little bit, I think there is a little restriction in the beginning, but then there's a turning point where you, you develop, you change, your taste buds will change. And when your taste buds change to enjoy certain foods that you didn't enjoy before, then what happens is you start to crave those foods. And when you start to crave those foods you're not there's no restriction anymore so restriction may be the temporary crutch that we use in the beginning to get going right you're kind of like pushing the car battery died in the car you're pushing it to go to go to go to go you're pushing someone's in the car pushing the gas try to get going and at some point it goes and it starts to go you know discipline and restriction can be very helpful in the beginning because like sugar for example right if you have sugar I think it takes like, what is it, five to seven days for your brain to actually like not desire sugar anymore. I thought it was 10. Someone told me all day it was like seven or six. I don't know. But the truth is, so that means for six or seven days, you need to, you'd have to use real discipline to not eat real sugar because if you don't, you're going to crave it. It's like you're giving away, when you have refined sugar, and this is the reason why I try to stay away from it. I mean, I've had it time to time and I've experimented with it just because I wanted to see myself, how I would respond. Mm-hmm. And I had ice cream for my birthday once, like a few years ago, I, bought, I was in Williamsburg, New York, and I went out and went to Van Loon Ice Cream. If you live in Williamsburg, New York, you probably know Van Loon, it's an old ice cream store, it's delicious. And I literally went out, had some ice cream, and I went to bed that night. The sugar was so intense, I, grinded my, I grind my teeth sometimes at night, Crack a tooth. Like sugar is one of those things that like will always, sugar is really intense for our bodies, especially if you don't have it. Maybe the I mean, my, you're not gonna crack a tooth if you have ice cream. I can get, pretty much guarantee that. Not everyone's gonna do that. I happened to not have sugar for years leading up to that. My body was probably in immense shock. Yeah. I remember I couldn't be like, I wasn't even coherent. The sugar made me just nuts. Cause I, cause, And that's and that's, and that's the thing our bodies are so malleable. Yeah. We can literally have so many different, you can put in, you can be feeding our bodies with chemicals all day long and we can be thriving in life. Our bodies will adapt to that. Our bodies are very powerful, most powerful machines. So you can literally, so, so, so you, can, you, can, you, can, you can kind of curb it to go to the left or curb it to go to the right. Right. When you train your body to like and desire healthy food, like you can, Today, I had a salad for breakfast, with breakfast. And I mean, you, if you told me 10 years ago, I'm eating a salad for breakfast by choice, I would have laughed at you, right. like full on laughter, laughter. Just, you know, the fact that I'm cutting tomatoes and cucumbers and putting like, you know, all this stuff into a salad bowl and I'm enjoying it. And I'm also putting some Turkey and like, I'm, I'm it's a delicious salad. Like, i looked forward to eating a salad i actually i was excited to eat the salad very similar to the excitement that i felt for eating a cookie now anybody who is in the beginning of the journey is probably laughing at me like oh this guy's lost his mind like yeah who likes the salad no one likes the salad, salad. <laughs> of course of course i would love a cookie too don't get me wrong if you put a cookie next to the salad i'm not crazy i mean maybe a little bit but like if you put a cookie next to the salad man, man, i would desire a cookie too but it's not that I'm just, I'm just, but I did desire this salad. Yeah. So you could change your taste buds, mm-hmm. and that happens over time. So discipline in the beginning, restriction in the beginning, motivation in the beginning. Once you get to a healthier place, you start desiring healthier foods because you start eating them for longer periods of time, and then eventually, you will. Yeah. Want those foods. Hundred percent. And your body will start craving them, and you'll start listening. You'll start. Getting in tune with your what your body wants, and your body will start craving things. Like, you know, the other day I had a steak, and I haven't been eating a lot of meat, but I had a steak, and literally my body was just like, no, it was mm-hmm. like no. Ninety-five degrees outside, we don't want a hot steak, and I, I didn't listen. I was just like, I want a steak. I just left some CrossFit. I'm like, I need to eat a steak. <laughs> I need some real protein. And I had a steak, and I literally for three hours was just like a zombie. I was like so low energy. My body didn't know what to do with it. I couldn't process it. And then I realized that like it's no, it's 90 plus degrees outside here. My body wants fruit. There's so much fresh fruit now in Israel, so much abundance of watermelon and mangoes and, and figs and all these fresh fruit growing right off the trees. And there's not a lot of time delay between the farms and the stores. And it's like everything is so fresh and delicious and tasty. So... I really started I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna change my my, my program up a bit and start eating a lot of fruit. And I, for a week I've just eat I've been eating, crushing watermelons and mangoes and 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 now I'm like, wow, my body actually feels really good eating these foods. So it's like getting your body it's, learning to listen to your body is another thing that it develops over time because your body really will tell you what it wants when you can listen to it.
0: Yep. I I'm I'm seriously just over here like feverishly nodding at everything because this is another yeah. I, you're just mirroring to me like uh, so much of my own journey and so much of my own experience. And this is exactly what I tell people is like, you have to feed your body the things that you want to crave. And I love the way you say it. it's like you can curb it to the right or you can curb it to the left. Like you're on this journey with yourself and with your body, and you have a lot of power in how you steer that. And some of that requires discipline and willpower, especially in the beginning, where I think. I I choose now to gravitate more toward the word restraint than restriction because it's like, I don't know. I just like, that's what it is to me when we're practicing, especially in the beginning of the journey, if you're wanting to change the things that your body likes, if you're wanting to change the things that your body craves and enjoys, you practice restraint with not eating certain things and not bringing certain things home. And I think going back to what you were saying earlier, it's like the reason that that isn't a diet in the sense that it feels like a famine, right? Like that's something that John will talk about too is like when you're restricting things and sending the message to your brain that you're in scarcity around food, like that's not helpful because it's also not sustainable because there's that like, you know, restrict binge thing that's gonna go on psychologically. But when you're coming at a place of choosing mindful and intentional and saying, I am restraining myself from eating certain things and being very choiceful about choosing other things instead for my own long-term benefit. And I've had the same experience where it's like in the beginning, if you told me I was eating fruits and vegetables because I wanted to, it was like, fuck out of here. That's not ever going to happen. And anyone who does have that happen is a liar, but it's like, then you start feeding yourself fruits and vegetables or other real whole natural foods and it's not because you necessarily feel like it or it's super tasty in the beginning but then you you stick with that for long enough and it's exactly what you just said it's like your taste buds change your body changes you crowd out that bacteria in your body and then you find yourself wanting those things and it just kind of like rides from there and i think restraint and discipline continue to have a have a role but um, there really is like I sometimes we refer to it as like initiation energy of just like getting started, and knowing it's not always going to be that hard. Like getting started is is really challenging because you're changing many habits mentally, emotionally, physically, socially, etc. But I think you know you're you're packaging it all very well and how you say it. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, okay so for the sake of time. I mean, because I, <laughs> I could ask you a million more questions, but I want to be mindful. Is there anything that hasn't come up yet that just feels like really important, relevant, present that you want people listening to know?
1: The first thing that comes up is just like compassion. Like, Love it. You know, realize that, and this is not, so it's not cliche, realize that what we're trying to do here is going against the grain of society and society and group thinking and mass production and manufacturing and stores and all of the systems that are in place to get us to comfort and convenience and deliciousness and the money that is spent to just make sure that things are the perfect amount of legality and addictive and actually quote unquote food. It's very, what we're trying to do is actually quite revolutionary and wise compassion i wish i had more compassion with myself when i was starting out my journey i was so aggressive with myself i was so mean to me and you know i think the more we practice compassion and acceptance the easier it will get and to come from makes a big difference because you know yeah we all want results but to come from the the, the journey is where it's at you know you can if i snap my fingers and lose the weight it's great but like you need the comfort, you can be, you can be miserable with the weight off too. I mean, I've well, the first time I remember losing the weight. I think I was like juicing or something, or like I did a 60 day cleanse detox. And like, I was doing all these like really aggressive things. I wasn't happy. And one time I did Atkins when I was like 20 and some guy skipped me. He's like, bro, I'm sure. You're okay. You look pretty sick. And like, and I wasn't okay. I had low energy. My face was white. There wasn't color in my face. Like it was like, so it's like you can. So it's like you can lose the weight, but you're not going to have the. You, what we're looking for ultimately with weight loss, I think, is vitality, freedom, liberation, personal liberation, personal expression, feeling good in our, feeling good with ourselves. Weight loss is just the mechanism. But really, I think you can start today by just being, bringing compassion, creating a practice around compassion. Maybe just thinking compassionate thoughts to yourself. Maybe saying out loud that you know. I don't want to say anything because that's so cliche, but it's like, you know, letting yourself know what's really up, why are you really doing this? Why are you really care? And like, you know, and if you have to say, I love myself, you know, say, I appreciate myself, say those things, say those, you know, woo woo mantras that whatever it is and see how your body responds to it, play with it, experiment with it, find your own way, find your own. Maybe it's not a word for you. Maybe it's a dance, maybe it's a sound, maybe it's a, you know maybe it's putting on music and dancing in the morning in front of a mirror and letting yourself feel free you know or maybe it's doing something that you're uncomfortable with that you feel bad about in your body and you do it anyways you know you know whether it's wearing a bathing suit by the beach that no one's gonna know you and you feel wow i just did that thing you know for me that was very tough earlier on you know it's like doing those stuff um really really starts to you really you can start feeling free today you don't have to wait until you lose the weight to feel free you can have that feeling today so if you want to fast forward think about the feelings that you want to feel think about how you can feel them today and do the work at the same time you're actually going to be a lot happier on your journey than i was <laughs> you know oh
0: 100 it's everything it's everything it's everything dude thank you for sharing that i i'm I'm blown away by this because you're saying every, you're just saying everything and to, to end on the note of self-compassion and yes, you can want to lose weight. There's nothing wrong with that. And also really embodying those feelings right now is, is everything you can be, you know, hold both of those at the same time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I seriously, I appreciate this a lot. So many amazing nuggets of wisdom here that you are sharing with all the people. Um, Okay. On that note, is there anything? um, I know I want to share. You used to have a podcast. It is still live, uh, the Feeling Full podcast. We did an interview for your podcast a couple years ago now. Um, So anyone who's listening, who wants to hear, you know, more of Mordecai, more of these interviews uh please check that out is there anything else more high that you want to share in terms of um in terms of anything
1: <laughs> no i think it, i i just want to say i mean i think we covered a lot of great stuff thank you um thank you for, for the great thoughtful questions um it's great talking to you as always i think i just want to say like you know it's 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 a process of a lot of little steps love it and Every time you try and you feel like you do it and then you fail, the fact that you're still trying, you already won. The fact that you're still putting in the effort after you, you know, you, you know, you did something you didn't want to do, you ate something you didn't want to eat, whatever it was, you already won. And focus on the wins. Count the wins. Count how many times you say, "I'm gonna," you know, it's like, "Oh, I said I was gonna start over a thousand times." Okay, great, but you still hear saying you're gonna start over. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, good for you because that means that you're actually doing work and doing the work means that you believe that it's possible because you wouldn't be wasting your time listening to a podcast if you didn't think it was at all possible, even like 1% possible or half a percent, you think it's somewhat possible for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. And you're talking to two people who have lost over 100 pounds. And, you know, there was many, 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 you know, it's, I think for me, it's since uh, close to probably 10 years coming are out. Are you, where are yeah. you at in your 10 years? Also very similar journeys, but it took us so many steps and so many trial and errors of major weight losses, of major diets, of major shifts, um, humiliations and buying new sets of clothing and all the things to get to where we are today and sometimes you'll look at us like oh we have it no we don't we still are working on it and it gets it got it's it's getting a lot easier and now we actually found things that we finally enjoy to keep us healthy Mm -hmm. and we developed positive habits it took us years to develop and you can do it too it's one step at a time putting one foot in front of the next and you know what sometimes it's really hard to think about what you want in the next year or you know like you're thinking wow do i have to eat I have to eat vegetables for a whole year to lose this weight, or how long will it take me to lose 20 pounds? Three months? No, it's too long. But if you think about what am I going to eat for lunch today? Can I make that a little healthier? Mm -hmm. What am I going to do to be physical today? I was going to do nothing. Can I go for a five minute walk? You know, the one thing that I'm going to leave off with um, is. The idea that I, th- I started this idea back when I was getting early on this, this last weight loss journey in my mid-20s, where I started something called Sneakers On. And Sneakers On, I may have shared this with you or may have spoken about it at Omega, actually. But Sneakers On was the idea that, like, I am not good. I hated working out. Now, I, first of all, this is a fast forward, you know, 10, uh, 13, 12, wow, 13 years or so. I love going to CrossFit, like I love the gym. And I know it's annoying to hear that from somebody because who loves the gym? But like I've gotten to a place where I love the people at the gym, I love getting on the morning lifting weights, it's just fun. And you're nodding your head, you do too. So like, so sneakers on, but fast, back when I was like 26, 27, whatever it was, 25, I don't remember the exact numbers. I hate like throwing around different numbers because it just sounds so vague, but like, but whatever, whatever it was, like I used to wake up in the morning And I said to myself, just put your sneakers on. I don't care what you do after, as long as you put the sneakers on, you won. And I cannot tell you how many times I put the sneakers on, walk around the kitchen, making like cheese sandwiches, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that was fine. And many days it was a phone call around the block. And many days it was at the park around the track. And, man, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like okay, at the gym. Okay, once a week to the gym. Okay, let's go to a class. Okay, don't no, I want to buy a bike. I want to buy a bike. Oh my, friend buys a bike. And then all of a biking. And then a few years later, and it's this and it's that. And you go to go to this gym. And I went to CrossFit, and then I injured myself. I was out for six months. So I'm back to walking. And it's like back to eating cheese, cheese, uh, cheese sandwiches. And it's like you know, it's like it's a cycle, and you figure it out. But as long as you can put one foot in front of the next, and you keep going, and you keep trying, and you keep bringing in the lessons that you're learning and keep integrating the the, the things that come up for you and the compassion, the self-love and the appreciation and the focusing on the positive things and not the negative things as much. And like really doing the work that we've talked about the last hour, it will will happen. It's a matter of time. And you're sitting with two people who have done it, who believe that you can do it.
0: Amen. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to share this with everyone. You are such a resource and I I'm that's it. I have nothing else to say. I'm just really grateful that you are here and said every single thing you did. Thank you. On behalf of all of the people that are going to hear this. Thank
1: you. Seriously. Yeah. Um, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. It's been, I haven't spoken about this stuff in a long time. So right. It's, you know, it's been a good, it's been a good couple of years. So I'm excited. I'm glad to glad to do this. and am glad to share. Um, glad to share. Awesome.
0: Very happy for you. Very proud of you. I appreciate you thanks very for, much.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Until next time, my friend.
1: All (laughs) righty. Have a great one. Thank you.